Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Feeds it across the line on left wing and Lekkonen is angled off. Good play by Anthony Sorelli there, allowing them to stretch it. They caught the Canadians on the change. Pilat gets it over and Kucherov scores. A bad change by the Canadians costs them dearly. It's 3-1 Tampa Bay. And what an Tampa Bay Lightning all over the Montreal Canadiens' mistakes tonight. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are one victory away from their second consecutive Stanley Cup. The final in Game 3 in Montreal. First Stanley Cup final game in Montreal since June 9th, 1993. The Lightning win it 6-3. Turnovers part of the story. Goals early in periods, part of the story. The Lightning scored twice in the first three and a half minutes of the game. They scored twice in just over the first three and a half minutes of the second period. And they had Montreal playing from behind all night. Well, they've had Montreal playing from behind most of the series. To be frank, the Canadians have not led at any point through the first three games. So that's the summary. 6-3, the Lightning take it. They will go for the sweep on Monday. Reed Wilkins with you on a special edition of Stanley Cup Final Overtime Open Line. Play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Oilers on Sportsnet and 630 Chet is Jack Michaels, who's checking in this evening. Hey, Jack, how you doing, buddy? Good, Reed. How are you? And, you know, you said it. I mean, the, the biggest key to this series is obviously Montreal has been unable to do what it did beginning in Game 5 of the Toronto series. I mean, the Canadians, you know, set a record for not trailing. And then against a team like Tampa that, you know, I mean, look, you never underestimate the heart of a champion. You've got to get on top of them early. And Montreal has not been able to do it in any game in this series and when you're playing from behind against the best team in the world you know you're just you're just chasing your tail a little bit and you know look Carey Price was the better goaltender in the Vegas series I'm not sure there's a better goaltender in the world than Andre Vasilevsky and he hasn't been great in this series but he is one of these guys that I think needs to, you know, plays as well as he needs to. And uh, when he's had to be good, he has been good. And, and Tampa's just got, look, Montreal's deep, but they're balanced deep. They, you know, in other words, they don't have the elite level guys. Tampa's deep and deep in a, in a talent pool, right? I mean, I mean, they've got four or five guys that are among the top 30 players in the National Hockey League. You know, Montreal doesn't have any other than Carey Price. And that's that's kind of being borne out through the first three games, I think. And and Montreal's real chance was to, to get on top in one of these games, and they just haven't been able to do it. Yeah, well, and I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to go there. And on the face-off show, 
Jack, I mentioned Dominic Ducharme coming back from being in quarantine, from the COVID quarantine. He had not been on the bench for the last six Montreal Canadiens games. Tip of the cap to Luke Richardson, the former Oilers defenseman, for the job he's done. And I know now there's uh, you know some scuttle that he's going to get a head coaching opportunity someday. But, but that aside, I'm thinking if you're Dominic Ducharme after game two, you're saying, you know, keep going. Let's not let's not change too much. Let's come out the same way that we did in Game Two, where but that Montreal was shot read right. Yeah, forty three twenty three shots in Game Two. Yeah, when you're undermanned, when when you're not the best team, you've got to win that game, right? When you're not the best team, you can't afford to lose a game, even in a seven game series that you should have won. I, that's the tough one, right? You know, you're the underdog. you got to cash in on every game where you play better than the other guy, right? That's the one you got to win. And if you don't get that, then that sets – I mean, look, the players know, right? The players know, geez, we did everything but win the game. But, you know, it's not an 82-game season anymore, and you're playing against the defending champions. And, look, they're, they're champions for a reason – and they're also champions that are eight and a half million over the cap right now. I mean, they're loaded. They're loaded for Bear Reed. They don't have any significant injuries. They don't have any significant weaknesses. And they're the champions. They're not seen anywhere. So you you gotta you gotta win the game you should have. And when you don't, and you're the underdog, it's much much more difficult to overcome than if you're the favorite and let a game slip away. And, and you know, Tampa let one slip against the Islanders and, and got it right back uh, because, that, you know, they've got the kind of personnel they can do that. Montreal needed to have close to a perfect series, and when they had opportunities to win games, they need to win all of them. Tampa, Tampa doesn't have that slim margin for error. And that's not a knock on Montreal. They've gotten in the Stanley Cup final with a pretty average team. But when you're playing the champs, there is no margin for error, and you got to win the games you should have won. Well, and certainly, I mean, look, goaltending is always the, the storyline. I've been kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek calling it the National Goaltending League at times throughout the postseason here. But we, we, the talk going into the series certainly for me was, and you reference it, Price ultimately outlasted Campbell. Uh, you know, it wasn't just Price. It, it wasn't only Price versus Hellebuck in the Winnipeg series. I mean, Montreal swept them, but Price outplayed Hellebuck. And then he outplayed both Vegas goalies, like you said. And Marc-Andre Fleury flat out basically handed the Canadians uh, a chance in overtime and then a win in Game 3. The right. one goaltender... Go who, back like, to Bobrovsky against uh, Vasilevsky. Uh, right. And, and got Bobrovsky that huge deal in Florida. He's never played that well in the playoffs beforehand. He hasn't since. In fact, he hasn't played well in the regular season since. That was a four-game anomaly where Vasilevsky didn't play well, and that shook up Tampa a little bit. You know, again, they had chances to win that series, especially in game one against Columbus, even though they were swept in four straight. But they learned some lessons coming out of that series. And right now you're you're dealing with a champion that's going to be tough to beat. I mean – I, I, we've talked about Tampa Vegas in terms of being, holy cow, uh, you know, major power if that was if that was the series. And the reason I said that is uh, these these are heavyweight clubs. 
Tampa's a heavyweight club. Tampa's a club that could compete with Chicago and Los Angeles. They're no cheese champions. This is not a one-year wonder. For that matter, it's not the Canadians of 93. This is a team built to last. This is a team that's going to be tough to beat next year. So, you know, again, Montreal is playing, you know, not only the defending champion, but, you know, a real champ. I mean, a champ that's going to go down as, look, they, they made the 15 final. They lost a couple of game sevens in the conference final. I mean, this team has been really good for a long time. This is not, you know, these are not paper champions that Montreal is having to deal with. Well, and and to, just to wrap up what I was going to say about the goaltending too, and, and look, I believe the the writers who vote on the Con Smythe they pick three. I would think Carey Price is probably going to finish third or maybe even second on a lot of ballots. Right. Um, but I mean that one that went under his glove today. And the odd thing about Price, and they reference it on the television broadcast too, he's not handling the puck overly well. Uh, you know, some ones he's kind of partially fan on, fanning on or missing. And I and you look at some of the turnovers by Canadians defensemen as well. Lost puck battles by forwards just inside the blue line. I mean, you just wonder if Montreal's rattled a little bit and they're they're starting to feel like they're on the back heel here. Uh, well, again, I'm not so sure it's a it's a case of being rattled. Reed, they're they're not the better team. I mean, I, Tampa. I think we knew Tampa was the better team going into the series, but as you mentioned, you know, Carey Price. The story was, and I, I think I said it when we did our little preview show there as far as the Stanley Cup Final. I said, look, you know, this might be a Ron Hextall situation if Price carries Montreal into game six or game seven of this series. Because I don't think anyone entering this series would have said Montreal's got the better team. But they had a goalie that was playing lights out. But people tend to forget, because Tampa's got such a deep club, and because of all this, you know, salary cap hand-wringing as far as, you know, the the lightning exploiting a loophole. But, you know, you, you can say that. And, and and you can you can start talking about you know all of Tampa's near misses and but the fact is they've been there and this is what we've been talking about with the Oilers. This is Tampa's seventh run at it, and the only year they didn't make the playoffs. Remember they had a bunch of guys hurt and then they won something like fourteen of their last seventeen and missed the playoffs by a point. And I'm telling you what, if they had gotten in that year, they would have created problems. And then they lose a couple of game sevens in the conference final against Pittsburgh and Washington. Both of those series, they were up three games to two. So, I mean, they've had four or five cracks at being in, you know, four or five Stanley Cup finals in the last six years. All that aside, I do think we tend to forget that Andre Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world and has been for a while. I, I believe that. I, I know up here it's, it's, it's Carey Price north of the border, he, and, and he's deserved that. But he hasn't been great in the last two or three regular seasons. He's been great in this postseason. But Vasilevsky is, if it's possible to be an underrated guy when you've got the kind of resume Andre Vasilevsky has, I think he's underrated, Reed. I really do. I think he's the best goalie in the world. Well, yeah, I think he is right now. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Jack, before I let you go, Oilers uh, scuttle over the last couple days is that Duncan Keith is looking to be moved to the Pacific Northwest or Western Canada. 
And uh, our colleague with The Athletic, Daniel Nugent-Bowman, uh, has a uh, report uh, source here with the Oilers uh, confirming that the Oilers would be interested, you know, but, and, and, and there's a lot of buts that, that have to make, uh, have to fall into place for this deal to work, but it's out there and, uh, and it's being talked about. This is an interesting one, obviously an older player, but one of the greatest Chicago Blackhawks of all time. And, uh, you know, could, 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 I mean, we're going down the what if highway here, but could he come in and uh, have that sort of veteran jolt that uh, Mike Smith has given the Oilers at times over the last couple of years? Well, I don't think there's any doubt that he could have that. I mean, you know, he's, he's a guy that if you're Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, I find it hard to believe that they'd be like, well, no, we don't want to, you know, right. we don't want a three-time Stanley Cup champion. We don't want a Conn Smythe winner. We don't want a two-time Norris winner. I mean, he's not – I don't think anyone in that room is going to be like, you know what, that's something we're not interested in. Uh, the question is how much he has left in the tank, and can he still play? And can he play, you know, 65 games in the regular season and then be at or near his best for the postseason? That's going to be the question. Uh, that that the Oilers have to make a determination on. Uh, does he have one more run in him? I mean, look, he carried that Chicago club in 2015. I mean, that club, remember, Reed, four guys played all the minutes. I mean, they, they weren't even playing their fifth and sixth guys, and that was deep into a Stanley Cup postseason run. In fact, if you'll recall that run, many people picked against Chicago because they were like, there's no way they can get through with four guys. They can't right. get 16 wins with four guys, and they did, and Duncan Keith was the reason they got those 16 wins. Does he have another run left, and would he be energized by being on a club that's a contender to make a deep run? I think so. I think, he, I think he's probably got one good year left, you know, whether he has a, a, you know, another semi-good year. I, you know, I don't know how much tread is on the tire. He's played a lot of hard minutes, but – the one thing from the perspective you have to look at with Duncan Keith is he hasn't played a lot of games in the last couple of years. I mean, you know, not many people have, but you get what I'm saying. It's not like he's coming off three consecutive Stanley Cup playoff runs where the Blackhawks were north of 20 games. I think that's ultimately what killed the Hawks dynasty. And I know they had a great record in 16, but they were swept out in four straight games. And when you talk to veteran coaches like Joel Quenville and Daryl Sutter, they don't use it as an excuse at the time, but they will tell you in retrospect, that takes a lot out of you. Duncan Keith hasn't had much tread on the tire the last few years. It's an intriguing possibility. All right, Jack, thanks for hopping on here. We're going to go to Dominic Ducharme. We'll talk to you soon, Jack. Cheers. Canadians coach Dominic Ducharme. Have to execute better. Marc-Antoine Godin. Bonsoir Dominique, vous êtes beaucoup fié sur quatre défenseurs en particulier depuis le début des séries. Uh, okay, well, we thought we had Dominic Ducharme going in English. Uh, <laughs> and then they go back to uh, en français. So uh, we'll bring you some post-game from uh, the Montreal Canadiens, Carey Price and Shea Weber. When we get back, uh, we'll also try to bring you some comments from the Tampa Bay Lightning as well as they are rolling up 3-0 in the Stanley Cup final thanks to a 6-3 decision tonight in Montreal over the Canadiens. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Will Hawk Beef Jerky presenting you a special edition Stanley Cup final overtime open line. Well, and we'll have another Stanley Cup final edition of the face-off show overtime open line and a game. I can only guarantee you one more. That might be it because if the Lightning win on Monday, the season will end and they will lift the Stanley Cup. They controlled it early tonight against the Canadians. Ruda a minute 52 into the game and then a 327. Hedman struck. Deneau got one back for the Canadians, but then Kucherov and Johnson less than two minutes apart. A minute 53 apart early in the second period. Suzuki got one back for Montreal. It was 4-2 Lightning after two. And then off a giveaway With 4.41 left in the third, Tyler Johnson gets his second of the night. It was 5-2. Corey Perry with a nice snipe from a sharp angle. Gave the Canadians a little bit of hope with 4.02 left, but then Coleman into an empty net, and that's it. 6-3, Tampa Bay takes it. Let's go to the Bell Center. Here's Carey Price and Shea Weber. Question for Shea. Uh, You know, Shea, biggest game of the season coming home down 0-2. How do you you sort of explain the, the start the group had tonight? Yeah, it's tough. Obviously, uh, put ourselves in a hole early, and uh, it's it's tough to dig yourself out of uh, out of a hole against a team like that that uh, plays pretty stingy. John Luke, question for Shea. Shea, within the flow of the game, uh, which goal allowed do you believe was the uh, the one that made it uh, really difficult for your team to be able to mount to come back? Uh, I don't know. To be honest, it's uh, it was an uphill battle all night, chasing. Chasing the game, but uh, uh, can't put it on one. Jean-François Chamon. Question for Kerry. Kerry, uh, when this team was down 1-3 against Toronto, uh, there was a lot of people thinking that it was impossible. Now you're facing being down 0-3 against Tampa. Why do you believe it's possible to, to come back? You don't have a choice. Uh, you know, we've, uh, we've overcome adversity all season long. And, uh, you know, our backs are obviously against the wall, so we're going to have to start bringing our best. Steven Wino. Question is for, for you, Kerry. How, how did you feel like you've played tonight in, in, in this series overall? I can definitely play better. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just not good enough so far. Thanks for your time, guys. Okay, Carey Price, uh, pretty blunt there, just not good enough so far as he's beaten five times. The sixth Tampa Bay goal tonight went into an empty net. Shea Weber also speaking. He was asked which was the goal that ultimately made it really tough for the Canadians to come back. Uh, He couldn't put his finger on it, but, uh, I mean, too early in the second period for the Lightning stretch to 2-1 lead to 4-1, and then it's pretty hard to imagine getting five goals on Andre Vasilevsky the way he's been playing for the Lightning in this postseason. Overtime open line presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. So the Lightning on the verge of a sweep. It's been a while since we've seen one of those in the Stanley Cup Final. 1998, 
the last sweep in the championship series. That was the Red Wings over the Capitals. And that was a run of four consecutive sweeps. In 97, the Red Wings brought out the brooms against the Flyers. In 1996, remember Uwe Krupp for the Colorado Avalanche scored in the third overtime of game four as the Avalanche swept the Florida Panthers. And it was the Red Wings on the wrong end of a sweep in 1995 as they were taken out by the New Jersey Devils, the uh, Devils' first of their three Stanley Cups. Remember that year, 94-95, was a lockout-shortened season, and the East Conference, West Conference didn't play each other until Detroit and New Jersey met in the Cup Final. So the uh, Lightning will be hoping for a sweep for the first time since 1998. And speaking of the Lightning, two of their stars, Nikita Kucherov and Victor Hedman. Guys, congratulations on on the win. Victor, this one's for you. How important was that fast start for you guys and to see uh, you and Roots get the goal there? Seemed like the mindset was just get that puck on net. Yeah, it was huge. We wanted to have a fast start. We knew they were going to come out, and, you know, we got a good start. We got a power play and, and scored right away. So, uh, tremendous start. Then I think they kind of took over in the in the first, and, you know, we came out with the lead. So, um yeah, it was a good start, and I uh, thought we set the tone, but I thought it got better in the second and was more consistent uh, on our part. We'll go to Joe Smith. Hey, Nikita, you've been around Tyler Johnson for a long time and seen him have some big moments. Just what's it like to kind of have him get rewarded tonight after kind of the year he's had and, and adjusting different roles and such? Yeah, he, he's been playing well for us, and uh, today had a hell of a game, and, you know, two huge goals for us, and... You know, he, he's that type of player that uh, likes to play under pressure, and, you know, he's, uh, he's been huge for us. We'll go to John Worrell. Yeah, hi, this is, uh, this is for Victor. John, you know, Cooper has been talking about how this is a chance for you guys to make history um, in, in, in being defending champions. How much, how, much do you, how much is that? fueling you guys as motivation and how much do you how, how much how better do you feel one step closer to that goal well the Stanley cup like i said this morning is enough motivation for i think for us as hockey players but obviously what we did in the bubble last year was uh, was very special and you want to relive that moment but at the end of the day we're we're not there yet we need to win one more game but we put ourselves in a good position obviously but fourth one is the hardest one to get but uh you know we're going to do whatever it takes to 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 win the next game and you know we'll uh, we'll think about it after but at the end of the day you know we got more more work to do and we're not we're not satisfied until that time we'll go to ed and cena Victor, it, said, it seemed that when you guys uh, were allowing attempts, that it was more just one and out. You guys were getting getting the puck cleared out uh, after just one attempt. What, what was kind of the, the key to that in terms of just you know, helping Vassy back there and, and uh, giving him a little bit better uh, better chance? Yeah, I think last game we, they got some sustained pressure and got you know they got the rebounds and they got a hammer on our own end. So uh, I thought we did a better job today of you know clearing the puck, getting the pucks out and. You know, I think the Forest did a good job of having us D, having good sticks, and uh, getting pucks out so we can change. So, uh, much better effort uh, overall from our from our part. And uh, you know, that's kind of the way you want to play on the road too. You don't want to get hemmed in your own end, and you know, let them get some momentum. So, uh, you know, I thought we did a good job. That's Victor Hedman and Nikita Kucherov, who helped the Tampa Bay Lightning beat Montreal 6-3 in Game Three of the Stanley Cup Final, which returns to Montreal, but not a triumphant 
returned. And now the Lightning will look to triumph at the Bell Centre on Monday. We have it for you right here on 6.30. Chet, our Stanley Cup final face-off show presented by Wilhock Beef Jerky will start at 5.30. The game will commence just after 6. And then we'll join you for overtime open line after the game and maybe after the season. Thanks to Dave Campbell for helping out with our production tonight. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins, lightening up three zip in the series, 6-3 victory tonight. Hope you have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.